Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and I'm joined once again by my esteemed co-host, Wizkid Jeremiah Johnson. How are you doing, Jeremiah? I'm good, Nick. I'm good. I uh, didn't go to the cottage weekend, so everyone's hearing me for the first time in a while. You know, if I sound extra tanned, extra relaxed, uh, that's a, that's probably an indication of just how successful the cottage weekend was. It was a great time. Uh, obviously, that uh, it was unfortunate that you and a couple other owners couldn't make it out, but hopefully that just means year two is going to be bigger and better. Yeah, I mean, next year when Mike and I show up, uh, it'll be bigger than ever. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, definitely something to look forward to. Uh, but... Jeremiah, I think we just need to jump right in to uh, week 18, the week that was, uh, and we have to talk because the matchup of the week saw Voodoo Magic raise one hand up out of the grave. It's been stabbed 11 times this season, but it came back for just one more miracle. That's right, IKR, the Bash Brothers, have ended Jeremiah's undefeated run 16-0 and to 16-1. and uh, Jeremiah put up 222.3 points, but RKR 233.3. Jeremiah, I mean, lots to talk about here. Just take us through your thoughts. Well, I mean, I sit here every week and I bash most of the teams in this league. Um, and I bash them for things like poor performance and, you know, guys not coming through and, and injuries, excuses and all these things. But, uh, I think in the end, that's exactly what happened to me, right? Like, excuses aside, I mean, my offense was bad. My team did not perform up to standards. Um, and uh, I lost. So, I mean, on the Sunday, it, uh, it was kind of heartbreaking. But what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. No, uh, you know, you can only do so much. Arcade had a, a, a great Sunday. Uh, a lot of guys came through for him. Uh, but I guess just as sort of a, an overall sentiment, is there part of you that feels relieved? Is the the pressure of an undefeated season something that was weighing on you before this? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say that, it, that there's pressure to it. I I think it would have been really cool to do. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, if I went 19-0 and didn't win a championship, it wouldn't have meant much. So hopefully we can end it the right way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just something I wanted to accomplish. I thought it would have been really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Richard deserved to win, obviously. And you know, if this is a highlight of a season, then I'm glad I could make, uh, his season memorable for him. Cause otherwise his season was going to be shitty. So well, that's a, a real backhanded compliment. It's true though. Uh, our care, not a lot of uh, things to be proud of this year, but definitely he can take this one to the bank. It's a, a huge win for him. Uh, I mean, looking at, at your point total, it's only your third lowest point total of the season, which is interesting, uh, but but it wasn't enough to get the job done. Is there anyone uh, in your lineup in particular that disappointed you? I mean, if we look at it overall, like the fact that Carlos Martinez and Johnny Cueto have been hurt is really disappointing um, because those are two pitchers that I relied on throughout the year to get me points. And so they didn't come through. But on the off- offensive side, I guess, uh, almost everybody underperformed really like uh, Reese Hoskins didn't do that great. Uh, Cody Bellinger and Matt Kemp haven't been getting consistent playing time because the Dodgers have way too many position players. So, um, yeah, things like that, they just come back to bite you. And, I mean, Corey Dickerson and Eric Hosmer have been very useless. So, uh, not a lot you can do. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's very fair. Some of these guys clearly uh, not up to snuff. I mean, 222 points isn't isn't terrible by any stress of the imagination, but it's not great. 
Uh, so going forward from here, I mean, as Flex talked about on League Slack today, you've already got the the number one overall lead locked up. You've had it for more than one week now, I think. Uh, is this now that your undefeated season isn't a, a question anymore? Are you, you going to change your strategy at all? Are you going to go full Tony Dungy and rest your starters? Are you going to try and scoop up some some pitchers who could help you in the playoffs, or is it just going to be business as usual? Um, so like the thing I like about this is that um. Now that there's no pressure to win, I don't have to necessarily take the matchup so seriously. I, mean, I would never intentionally tank, but it allows me to add players and kind of uh, experiment with guys in the hopes that I can find a winning combination going into the playoffs. And if I struggle to find a winning combination in the next two weeks, well, there's no there's no stakes for that. So in that sense, it's kind of nice. Um, it's obviously the more pressure, the closer you get to 20-0, and 0, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely an opportunity for you. Uh, maybe some reassessment. Maybe some things will change. Uh, like, oh, if if the trade deadline had not passed, would this be a situation where you'd be making a bunch of trades? Oh, for sure. I mean, not just because I would always make trades, but because I think I would try to be consolidating my offense because I hate having a bat on the bench. I don't really believe in that strategy, but I don't want to drop Dickerson or Hosmer yet. Um, and I would trade for pitching, obviously, because literally I was uh, thinking about running seven good, good pitchers, but I didn't. I decided to keep six, and then two of mine went down right away. Um, so that's unfortunate. But I think, <laughs> funny enough, like I think Richard uh, is going to be like the butt end of a trivia question years down the road. Like, who stopped like Jeremiah's undefeated season in whatever year? And, uh, you know, he's going to be a piece of history from now on. Mm. Uh, I guess sort of one final question to put a bow on it. RKR, obviously, uh, like you said, is the guy you lost to. You play something like 16 of the the 20 teams in the league this year. If you could have chosen to lose your streak to anyone, would RKR have been a good pick, or is there uh, someone else that you think would have been more deserving of the honor? RKR is probably top three for me. Like, I, you know, the obvious candidates are out, like Flex and Kaminsky and... Even yourself, I think, would just be out of the equation of people I would want to lose to. Um, but my top three in, in uh, would probably be Richard. Um, I would, I mean, fuck Chris. Uh, maybe Ash, but that would just be like insulting. Mm-hmm. But one person that I would really love to have lost to would be Akusia. Mm-hmm. I, I would have been absolutely okay with it if she'd beat me back in. I think it was like week 12. It was pretty close. I would have been totally okay with that because I think it would have done great things for her reputation and made her kind of like a martyr. And that would have been super interesting. So Akusia probably one and Richard's probably two or three. Mm. Uh, well, that's that's good to know. Uh, a ranking of the appropriateness of losing to various league owners. Uh, but we got to move on from this, Jeremiah, as much as we could dwell on this for a, an entire episode or even the rest of this podcast entirely. But uh I think we got to look at some of the other key matchups from Week 18. Obviously got to take a moment here to talk about the tops who are uh, scores all around the league. Uh, a little depressed this week, no one cracking 300 points, but it was Flex Fox, uh, the Congo Community College, uh, who topped out with 288.1 points, uh, and that just slammed Garth McInnes, Garth M., who had 192. So uh, a big win here for Flex. Uh, Flex, you know, there have been ups and downs in recent history, but seems to be heading on an up curve towards the playoffs. Uh, how should he be feeling right now? I mean, he should be feeling pretty great. Like, his life sucks, IRL, but, like, for fantasy-wise, I mean, he's doing great. He's uh, peaking at the right time, uh, denting Garth McInnes' playoff hopes 
massively is never a bad thing. And I'm sure that feels good. But to be putting up high point totals like this consistently, I think uh, it's something he should be very happy about. And, and as long as he can continue this uh, for the next, say, month or so, and it doesn't lose steam, then uh, I think he's in a great spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at Flex's score from the, the previous week, he's got some guys who are just really hot right now. Uh, he's got Trevor Bauer, who's just been, uh, you know, he's obviously got an injury concern at the moment, but he's been great. Uh Derek Rodriguez, also good. Uh, Bogart's great. So it's not like it's just a, a one-note offense either. Like he's got a bunch of guys who are putting up points, and that's something other teams will need to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, the Derek Rodriguez thing hurts, obviously, because I dropped him. Um, and it's hard to know who's going to break out. And, you know, maybe I should have realized uh, Pudge Rodriguez's kid had talent. But, um, I mean, Flex also has some guys that are underperforming too, which is interesting. Like Roberto Asuna, if you can get, ever, uh, get into the closer's role, that would be a boost for him. Uh, Chapman's battling. Uh, oh no, he doesn't have Chapman anymore. There you mm-hmm. go. Um, well, I mean, his pitching has always been his strong suit, right? Like Severino and and Bauer, although he's hurt, I think is still a top twenty pitcher. So Flex could ride his pitchers, which has always been his thing, right? Ride the pitchers and have the offense uh, just be good enough. Um, he could get pretty far. So the same formula for success. I would mm-hmm. say. Oh, definitely. It's a classic Flex matchup style but uh on the other hand gartham is someone who's been you know very much in the playoff hunt and has just absolutely cratered the past two weeks he's he's failed to get 200 points in either of them uh, i mean like is the writing on the wall for him is there anything he can do to to come back from this disaster i mean yeah he's still like i don't know correct me if i'm wrong he's 10 and 7 or is he 9, nine and, and eight? 8 okay well in that sense he's not the writer of his own destiny which is really unfortunate it's crunch time um i haven't been checking the transaction log recently but it doesn't seem like he's made a ton of moves i know he's made a couple but uh it's it's tough right like if uh you know guys aren't performing jay hop was injured there for a while and blake snell uh, also coming off the dl so he's one of those guys i think is really on the bubble and it's going to come down to the final week of the mm-hmm. season for him um and this is a matchup you probably didn't expect to win but there was one i think the week before i think jameel or, or somebody else in that that playoff range, that was one mm-hmm. he had to have. Well, and if you look at sort of the the final couple weeks of the season for him, he's a team that would need to be in top form to get wins here. He'd need to be, you know, really powering through these matchups. So it's understandable that there would be difficulties here, but it seems like at least part of that is of, of his own creation by, you know, not, not doing anything about these underperforming players or maybe not having the foresight to anticipate that some of the guys wouldn't stay as hot as they have been. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell, right? Like, I know that you can only do so much in fantasy, but uh, it's just, honestly, it's just bad timing for him. It's just a case of uh, cratering at the wrong time, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but it'll happen to you. Uh, I think we can talk about my na- matchup next. I was taking on Mike Kaminsky and the Illuminati in a, a must-win to stay alive matchup, uh, and I managed to deliver on that promise. I put up 283.4 points, second highest point total in the in the league. Uh, the Illuminati 229.8, so it was a, a fairly lopsided matchup. Uh, from my point of view, I thought things went very well. Uh, I would have loved to see more matchups like this earlier in the year. Uh, got some great pitching in. Uh, very happy Cole Hamill seems to have, have turned the corner with the Cubs. That could be big uh, heading into the future. Uh, and from Kaminsky's perspective, obviously this matchup doesn't mean quite as much to him. He's got a, a playoff spot on lock, but you know, still happy to knock the guy down a couple pegs and uh, always happy to hold his boots to the fire. So pretty happy with the, how this one turned out. Jeremiah, do you have any, any thoughts for us? I mean, I got to ask, like, are you 
disappointed that this kind of performance did not come sooner. I mean, I think in part this sort of validates my previous belief that my team had this capability in it. I know a lot of people thought this was a team that was going to, you know, top out at, at 250 points, wasn't going to put up weeks like this. So uh, in that sense, I am happy to, to see this result. But you're right. There is a, a disappointing nature to it. If this could have been, you know, in a different week or uh, earlier in the season, this might be a different story. So uh, still, it's always good to rage against the dying light. And uh, I'm happy to, to go down swinging, as it were. Yeah, I mean, do you you assume that you're out, right? Like, I know you're mathematically in it, but... No, I, I don't assume anything. Uh, I mean, we can talk about this more in the next week's segment, but I basically need Jathish and Ryan to both lose each of their remaining matchups and me to win both, which sounds like a, a tall task on paper, but if you look at it, the, the matchups would really sort of indicate that there's a, a non-zero chance of that happening, and so as long as that chance exists, I've got to keep playing to that chance, and... You know, worst case scenario is that uh, I end up being one of the better teams in the Europa this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a downside. And I think you got to keep trying, keep fighting what you can, right, until you're eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, I was honestly surprised to see this. and I, But I do think that uh, I do think that I, I picked you to win last week, although I'm not 100% sure. I'd, I'd, I'd believe it. I mean, the interesting part for me is that I've done all this without Jose Altuve, who remains injured, so... With my uh, my best bat on the bench, I've been able to really overcome some hurdles lately, which is, you know, a, a nice tip of the hat to my secondary guys. I know some some owners out there have the perspective that I'm all about Altuve and Degrom, that I've got nothing else going for me, and so hopefully this will put a, a little bit of a, a stick up their butt. Well, I mean, I, I fall into this camp 100%, and I will say that it is an impressive performance, um, but at the same time, I mean, the consistency in which you've achieved this performance is been non-existent so there is an argument i think to be made for that but um you know more performances like this will definitely shut people like me up that's for sure well <laughs> i i i don't really see how that tracks but i'll take a, a good shutting you up performance any day of the week absolutely uh, but lots of other matchups to talk about that that aren't quite so narcissistic uh, we got jathish taking on garth newton uh, a showdown that has a, a bunch of playoff implications either way uh, and Jathish ended up pulling away in this one and never looking back. He wins 268.4 to 205.6. Uh, so he moves to 10 and 7 uh, and into the driver's seat for the conference uh, qualifier slot. Garth Newton falls back to 9 and 8. And this is a, a real come down for Garth Newton. I believe he's 2 and 5 in his last 7 now. Uh, he's basically taken a, a sure playoff spot and bungled it. I mean, what what would you have to say to uh, Mr. Garth N.? I mean, this is kind of the way it goes when you employ a bullpen strategy that's years and years out of date, right? Like, this was a strategy people employed years ago, and it was effective. But, I mean, you're taking a big risk when you employ guys um, in the bullpen, given our new scoring system. And, I mean, not just that. And this is kind of, I guess, a detraction of the point. But, I mean, injuries happen to everyone. He has been unfortunate in his injuries. And his bats, I just think, um, aren't up to stuff with the teams that are – fighting for those playoff spots mm. right now. I mean, I think obviously the uh, the problem, uh, the bullpen strategy is is part of it, but even still, I think the biggest problem is that he has no starting pitching of any quality to speak of. Uh, his bats, you know, are good, but not quite good enough to tentpole the whole thing. And the, the bullpen, which was supposed to be the real driver, has sort of taken a secondary point role. Now, you could say that he wasted a, a lot of his opportunities and a lot of his trade assets getting these bullpen pieces, uh, and there's definitely something there, but at the same time, I don't think it was entirely foolhardy what he did. 
but I mean, you're right. You can't argue with the results here, and he's put himself into a, a bad situation now by taking all these losses. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for him, right? Like, it's uh, he was. I think he really had a playoff spot kind of locked down, and then uh, these kind of performances make it tough. But you know what? I still think there's a chance he gets in. I know uh, Ian's doing a an article on this. We'll have to see what people think, but. Uh, I, I do think there's still a chance he gets in and, and the bullpen strategy if nothing else was bold and, and has advanced his cause more than I think a lot of people thought it would. Mm-hmm. So that's always a counter to the, to the argument, right? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair counter. And uh, no, I guess maybe history will tell uh, how we look back on this one. Uh, and you're right. It is still possible he makes the playoffs. And so uh, I guess we'll see on that front. But flipping over to Jathish, I mean, he's had the the consistency issues before, uh, but here he just, you know, sometimes it's a big week that that's all it takes, uh, and now he's really in the driver's seat coming home, uh, and he can almost certainly uh, assure himself of something with one more win. Uh, and I mean, I don't know how much more there is to say, Jeremiah. Just a, a solid team performance from him. I mean, as much as I hate to say it. Jathish is in control of his own destiny 100%, and I think he will make the playoffs. I, I think he's probably the sixth seed going in, which I know we can debate later on in the upcoming matchups, but um, who that means he plays, I'm not sure, but it would be really interesting if he drew another tough team as well. Yeah, I mean, I think Jathish is an interesting potential playoff matchup because he does have those consistency challenges, and he has been a guy who hasn't been up there all season in terms of his play, uh, but it just takes one week to sink you in the playoffs. And so I'm not sure I would be incredibly eager to, to face Jath in the, the first round. Uh, I think when his team's rocking, it, it's rolling. Yeah. I mean, when it's going, it's hard to beat, but there's a lot of weeks. It's just not going. So um, we'll have to see. He's It's been going lately. And I guess that's all that matters, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so flipping over to a different matchup here. Uh, we talked about your uh, upset off the top, Jeremiah, but there was another potential upset that loomed for uh, most of the week but didn't end up coming to fruition uh, in the matchup of Richard Tillo versus Ash Sebastian and the Moneyballers. It looked like Ash had a chance to, to pull off a big upset until uh, Richard Tillo struck back on Saturday, put up some points, and managed to see this one through by a score of 269.4 to 242.4. Uh, obviously it's a, a good sign for Tillo that his team can overcome this adversity, but not as great a sign that he was in this position to begin with. Jeremiah, what's your read of the situation? Well, I think Tillo's really lucky that uh, things didn't go the upset route for him, but uh, I think this pretty much clinches his uh, division title aspirations, which, I mean, as a division winner last year who drew another division winner, or not a division winner, but uh, the eventual champion, it's not always the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always the best, but... I think uh, he can relax a little bit now that Jatish, uh, you know, or sorry, now that Jamil, um, you know, can't really catch him. And so I think this was basically a make it or break it win for him. We're talking about how he can go deep in the playoffs with a win like this, I think. And if he's not, if he doesn't win, we're asking questions about the legitimacy of his team, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you from the uh, the Cottage Weekend that the Husan Alliance is stronger than it's ever been. Uh, Tillo and, and Jamil are in lockstep on this one, so I, I don't think there's a, a rivalry or, or animosity over the division crown, at least. 
I do feel like overall Tillo's team continues to be one on the rise. Uh, he's got a, a bunch of young guys. He's got you know talented players who who can be a part of his team in the future. But you're right that this really is a season he can capitalize on. He's gotten himself into a good position. Uh, he'll maybe have a an unenviable first round playoff matchup. But at the same time, I mean, you'd think that uh, a team in his position would be able to find a way to win. And so he obviously did that against Ash. Uh, will he be able to do that again in the playoffs? I mean, that's the the question only time can answer. Yeah, I mean, if you're struggling to beat teams like Ash, it, it can be uh, problematic to beat better teams. But I think this is more the exception than the rule to Tillo's performance so far this year, although he has come mm-hmm. back down to earth uh, in the second half. But I still believe he's mm-hmm. a very good team. Oh, and just to, to put a feather in the cash of app, uh, feather in the cap of Ash, I should say. Uh, I mean, it's he has done uh, a fair bit down the stretch. He he is you know working his roster. He's he's getting guys in, and so it's you know motivating to see a guy who's not really in it, uh, still committed to uh, to playing hard through the finish. And you know he does have a, a couple of guys, and maybe a, a rebuild for Ash will take less time than you might think. Yeah, I mean, you got to give Ash credit for at least being competitive and putting up a, a good effort, right? Which is more than some teams have put up this year. So full credit mm. to Ash. Uh, so speaking of teams not putting in a, a full effort, we had a, a bit of a Vaz preview this week in a, a matchup between Jeffrey Chow and Aiden. Uh, it's two teams near the bottom of the standings who could realistically face each other in the first round of the Vaz competition. Uh, and Chow, interestingly enough, was the man on top in this one, 253 uh, to 223.1 for Aiden. So uh, Chow wins here uh, with a, a decent 20-point margin. I mean, Jeremiah, do you have strong opinions on, on either of these teams? I mean, not overly, but I am kind of curious, like, are they both in the vase at this point, or is this a matchup that evens the record and, and, and kind of like only one of them is probably going to make the vase at this point? Well, at this point, the after this week, not to spoil any matchups we haven't talked about yet, but the the teams in the the vase at present are uh, Akusia, Chow, Aiden, and Lim. Uh, Aiden and Chow now both four and thirteen, Lim at five and twelve. So both of these teams would have to play their way out of the vase if they. Uh, uh, by winning some more matchups. So it's entirely possible they both make it in there. Uh, I would say, I mean, these are, are two teams near the bottom of the table, but, uh, you know, in a, a matchup like this one, it can be a, a bit of a coin flip. But I do think the the more talented team won for sure. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Chow especially approaches his team in the, the lead-up to the Vaz competition. Yeah, I mean, the first overall pick is obviously a prize wor- definitely worth fighting for. And so uh, if this is a preview of the vase, then uh, he's going to need to step his game up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, lest we forget, last season everyone was writing Ian out of the vase competition before it began, but he managed to make a, a good show of it too and, and upset some people. So uh, I, I think that, you know, it could be a, a real open field this year. So it's nice to have this matchup to, to serve as something of a preview. Yeah, I mean... It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I guess we're going to handicap these kind of things later, but uh, it'll be interesting to see which one of these teams, uh, you know, to me, they're both they're the ones you got to consider to be favorites. I mean, I know we'll get into this, but, you know, this matchup gives me hope that uh, league disgrace can go far. Mm. Uh, well, so speaking of the Vaz, we can chat now about the other potential Vaz matchup we saw this week uh, between Jeffrey Lim and Akusia. Uh, and Jeffrey Lim comes out on top uh, pretty handily, 187.2 to 105.5 for Akusia. So uh, not a, a great week for her squad, but Lim gets the W here, although both these teams obviously lower point totals than either Chow or Aiden had. 
Yeah, I mean, so this is, again, these are the kind of matchups where I just get kind of annoyed that these totals win, but when you have two really bad teams facing each other, I mean, I guess it's just kind of the way it goes. Um, you know, and then, not to be salty, but other teams with higher point totals uh, end up losing. So, um, you know, this is the kind of action we're used to seeing in a base matchup, and I guess this was like all the base teams going at it at once. But uh, if you look at the matchup we just previewed to this one, you got to have confidence in the other two teams, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and if you're looking for a, uh, something to pinpoint for Acusia's terrible performance, uh, you can thank her offense, which got her a grand total of eight points this week. So, I mean, you know, the, the team has done a lot. It's it's gotten a lot better since uh, its former ownership, but at the same time, there's just uh, miles to go before it's it's truly competitive again. And, you know, there is some pitching talent there, 97.5 points from a pitching staff. Not the worst week you'll see, uh, but the offense has, is just not giving very much to Acusia right now. Yeah, I mean, that's like an impressive statistic, like eight points all week. Like you could bench players and not get that low of a total. Mm-hmm. So. It's uh, it's some in some ways it's more important to more impressive to get eight points than zero points. I don't know if you could do that if you were trying. Yeah, like the zero points would be intentional, clearly, but like eight points, I, I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Not in a good way. <laughs> in in a certain way, let's say. Uh, a couple more matchups we can talk about here. Uh, I think I tipped this one a little bit earlier, but we had Cam and Jamil squaring off in a, a matchup again with big seeding implications for the playoffs, at least. Uh, a lot of people were saying that that Cam might be on his last breath here, might not make the playoffs after all, but. He struck back this week with a, a key win, 220.9 uh, to 204.5 for uh, Jamil. So Jamil falls to 10-7, and 11-6. Cam McInnes looking better than he has before. Uh, Jeremiah, your thoughts on both these teams? I mean, so this is kind of like, like Cam's point total is still bad. It's not an impressive win for me. Like 220 points is basically what I scored this week, and I lost. So I would say that 220 points is not a total where you can be like, yeah, I'm confident that I can win in the postseason. Sure, he gets a win and probably gets the division with this win. But I think this is more a byproduct of Jamil just being bad and Cam just being slightly better than Jamil's mm-hmm. level of bad. I mean, I think from Cam's point of view, the you know he just needs to lock down a win to, to secure his division from a charging Ryan, uh, get into the playoffs, and then sort it out. And that's what he's done. Uh, you're right that his team has been flustered as of late. Uh, there has been a, a real come down. A lot of guys who you know were were great for him earlier in the year who are not so great now. Uh, so it's not an impressive point total by any stretch, but the the win is the win. Uh, and on the other side of the coin, I mean, this is pretty hard for Jamil, who you know because of Mike being in the the same conference as him, has basically been shut out of the conference qualifier slot. So. Uh, he did have a chance to make a run at the division title yet, but isn't going to make it now. And now is really hoping for some wild card based luck. He's he's got the tiebreakers. Uh, he just needs to to get some wins. But this is not one that was uh, going to be a win for him. Yeah, I mean, looking at him, and, and I don't know where he sits in the standings, but I mean, him as an eight seed would be a very appealing matchup. Like only Ian would probably be more appealing because I just think that Jamil's team is maddeningly inconsistent, and weeks like this are. Pretty much proof in the pudding, right? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that I'm a tougher matchup than both those guys. Really much appreciate it. Uh, if you if you look at Jamil's offense in particular, I mean, this week, like, J.D. Martinez, 49.6 out of a total of 73.5 points. 
That's that's like 60% of his offense right there in one guy. And that is impressive from J.D. Martinez. But, you know, you'd really hope that some of these guys, he, he's got the talent there. He's You know, Wood Merrifield is not a bum. Chris Taylor, not a bum. It's just these guys are, are not, you know, doing well down the stretch come August. And uh, in some cases are losing a bit of playing time for it. But overall, just need to get better uh, if Jamil wants to, to make it out of the first round. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the crux, too, of fantasy baseball, where, like, down the stretch, superstar players get rested. So that's obviously a problem for, like, a J.D. Martinez or a Mookie Betts or, a, you know, a Stanton or whoever. Um, but I think if we also just look at his team, like, he's made moves, he's done things um, to his credit, but I just – I'm not sure that the overall talent level is there. Like, I, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm, I'm curious if you think that, you know, he's got the goods to go far, but – I'm just not sure. Not sure he does. Well, we always talk about breaking down playoff teams into tiers, and you know that's a that's a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy. But if you do take sort of one elite team tier, uh, Jamil obviously isn't in that. And then if you sort of look at the the secondary dark horse tier, uh, Jamil is sort of a, a fringe team there. He's got some talent. He's got guys who can go far, but you know he just hasn't quite put it all together as of yet. And maybe that's just a, a reflection of, you know, bad luck. Maybe that's just guys getting hot at different times. But uh, I do think that when it comes to the playoffs, you need to be hot three straight weeks. And Jamil's team just does not look like it's got that in it as of as of right now. And, you know, maybe if he was here, he'd disagree with me. Maybe he'd have uh, some, some good insights for us. But, you know, he's not. And I, I don't think I can say anything else otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying his team is not capable of getting hot because obviously any team is capable of getting hot. I just don't know how likely it is, that's all, and, and how sustainable it would be if it were to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you can say that about Cam McInnes' team too. Uh, both the teams in this matchup, you know, uh, can they get hot and can they stay hot is still an unanswered question. No, absolutely. It's, uh, it's up in the air. Mm. Uh, well, we've got two more matchups to talk about, and they're uh, two matchups that have a, a little bit of stakes for us. Uh, Jeremiah, as you will recall, we put out a, an open challenge uh, for a, a bet we made in the last episode uh, over whether Ian or Ryan would be more likely to make the playoffs. I don't think that anyone actually suggested stakes, unless I missed something on Slack. It seems like uh, people had other things in mind after our last episode, but you know what, I'll, I think we can extend the open call if anyone has a, a good bet that we could have retroactively made. I don't think it's too late to accept it. Uh, but in terms of the matchups, we had first Ian taking on Respect for the Game. Uh, and that was a, a matchup that, despite being a, a potential coin toss, as some owners saw it, uh, Ian did manage to pull away 261.6 to 217.2 for Respect. So uh, a key win for Ian here, getting him to 10-7. and 7. Uh, Jeremiah, do you have any praise you want to heap onto Ian right now? Um, I mean, not really. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that Ian had a good performance, and uh, you know, things like this obviously make me worry a little bit about the bet, but uh, still confident, my guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will stay for, for Stads. He did have a couple of big days that really tentpole this performance. Uh, and those big days were led a lot by his offense, which is always refreshing to see. You know, sometimes it's a, a situation where you've got a bunch of starts going uh, on one day. Uh, Jameson Tyon uh, is going to be a, a stud both in the present and in the future. So uh, Stads is lucky to have him. And, you know, respect for the game did keep it competitive, but Ian was just the, the clearly better team in this one, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the thing with respect that we talk about every week, right? Like, they he hits around the, uh, the 210, 220 point barrier, and Ian was able to get that, mm-hmm. so he was able to win the matchup. Uh, but then on the, the flip side of the bet, we do have Ryan taking on Chris Kennedy. Uh, and Ryan managed to escape with a win here, 223.9 to 205.8. Uh, so Ryan is now 9-8, and eight, Chris Kennedy 7-10, and 10, uh, and that, I think, officially eliminates him from the playoffs. So uh, Ryan uh, moves one step closer here. He's just sort of right on the outside looking in of those playoffs. Uh, do you still feel confident in him? I know you said so a minute ago, but even after seeing this sort of narrow result, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm still on board with Ryan. I really am. I, I think he's going to make the playoffs and he's going to win out. And uh, although it's not uh, a dominating victory, one over Chris Kennedy is one he needs to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think there are still some signs for concern for Ryan. He, he had a couple of pitchers who didn't have the, the starts you would expect them to have or you would hope them to have. Uh, you know, two, 223, not the highest point total in the world. Uh, but Hey, if it's a it's a win, it's a win, and that's what Ryan needs more than anything else right now. He's got a a lot of the tiebreakers unlocked, so he just has to keep winning one way or another. Yeah, and I think he definitely will. Oh, there you go. Uh, so that's gonna conclude things for uh, week eighteen. Uh, we got week nineteen. We can talk about in a minute. Uh, but Jeremiah, I thought we would take a, a moment at the midpoint here and and talk about some other things. Uh, as we talked about, the uh, Cottage Weekend was a big success. Uh, and so I thought we could uh, pitch some ideas for the Flexbox Fantasy Vacation Club. Uh, you know, a cottage is great, but there's a, a whole world out there to see. Uh, so, Jeremiah, I'm just going to keep this real simple. Uh, and this is, you know, uh, there are no right answers. I'm not trying to surprise you with a quiz. Uh, I just have a, a list here of five vacation destinations. And I want you to tell me. Uh, who from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation you would like to uh, go on these trips with? Uh, it's uh, pretty straightforward. You can you can just see who would make a, a good travel companion for each destination. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the first trip that uh, I've drawn up here is a weekend in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, you can visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, and attend a, a Cleveland Indians ball game. Who, who would you like to accompany you on this trip? Oh, uh, oh man, I don't know. Um, give me Ash Sebastian on this trip. Hmm, Ash uh, does well in Cleveland. He would be a, a fun guy. Lots of lots of energy. I'm sure you'd find a, a way to have fun. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of youth on the Cleveland team, so there's a large chance that like Ash would start making trades for these players during the game, and so that would be very entertaining. Uh, that would be entertaining indeed. Uh, I'm sure he could also catch a, a foul ball for you, uh, maybe get into to some good bickering with the bullpen arms. Uh, okay, so trip number two, we've got a five-day, four-night, uh, beautiful luxury safari in Brazil's Pantanala wetlands. Who, who are you taking to the jungle with you, Jeremiah? I will take... Richard Kelly, because I can strangle him and leave him for lines to eat for beating me this week. Okay, there we go. Uh, it's a, a jungle bait situation. You can leave him for the Jaguars and uh, finally get your revenge down in Brazil. Exactly. Uh, next up, we've got uh, a little bit of a, a world uh, cuisine experience. It's a seven-day, eight-night Japanese tour uh, of all the major sort of eating areas of the country. Uh, you can stop at Yokohama. You can stop at, at Tokyo. You can, you can head up north. 
Uh, all the wonderful foods of Japan will be yours uh, with what other league owner? Give me Garth McInnes. I would love to have some meals with this man, talk about his fantasy strategy, and just learn about him and spread that information to the league. Um, and I think if we went to Japan, it would be the least conspicuous vacation pair ever. So I would, it's probably, you know, travel-wise, it's probably a safe, uh, safe combo. Mm. Uh, you know what? I, I think Garth McInnes is a, a good pick for this one. Uh, he's a, a man of much culture, so I'm sure he would, he would get along great with Japan, and he'd, he'd have much culinary expertise that he could share with you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for trip number four, uh, going a little more domestic, it's a three-day mountaineering expedition to Mount Logan, Canada's highest mountain. Who are you taking to the top of Canada with you, Jeremiah? I'm going to take Mike, I think. I think Mike would uh, would enjoy a mountain trip. He can't buy any memorabilia on top of the mountain, so he could like put his phone away, you know, have a good time. I don't know how good of a hiker he is, but uh, you know, he could slap me on the top of the mountain as a bed of some kind. Uh, a great place to, to slap. I feel like Mike is a, a robust man. He's got a, a good physique. He would do well mountain climbing. He's he, a hardy fellow. Uh, I think I think got the beard too, right? Sorry. He's got the beard to keep him warm well, too, right? I was so. going to say the the beard is just really what what makes it. So I I think he's a great mountain choice, absolutely. I, I think Poland's got lots of mountains, so. Mm, a very very rugged country. Uh so our final trip uh is is just a, you know, a good old-fashioned classic Jeremiah, and I'm going to let you take three other owners with you on this one, not just one. So, which three owners are you going to take with you? to disney world disney world <laughs> well i'll take you nick because you seem like a man that would enjoy disney world uh, i think that's safe uh yeah no i i would be happy to go with you to disney anytime uh it seems like it would be a, a fun time uh don't like roller coasters very much but i, I would do it for you jeremiah I, I don't love roller coasters either i would take ryan just because uh we're friends and i also think that like if ryan acts like he does in his facebook photo he will potentially frighten other children and draw attention to himself or we get away with doing something we probably shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. um, so that could be beneficial. Um, and then I think it's always wise when you're traveling to the United States to take some legal counsel. So I will take Cam McInnes mm -hmm. for any legal issues we could have. Uh, our, our league lawyer uh, would definitely be appreciated down there. And, and I feel like he's short enough. He would get us to the front of most of the lines. We could, we could pretend he's some sort of child that we need to assist. I mean, we only have to pretend he's a child. We can just flat out claim he's a midget. Well, you know, either way, it works. Uh, okay, so that is the uh, the Flex Fox Vacation Club. Uh, I really look forward to all those trips. Uh, I still think the best one of those has to be uh, Japan with Garth McInnes. Uh, that was a, a clutch pick there. Uh, Jeremiah, thank you for participating with me in this dumb exercise. Well, thank you for creating this dumb exercise. Okay, uh, we can move on now. Week 19, the penultimate week. Uh, Nick Penner here to talk about it. Uh, we got to talk about what is clearly the uh, the matchup of the week here. Uh, it's one that, you know, it's something we could see conceivably in the playoffs this year. Uh, it's the showdown between Friends Turned Foes, Flex Fox, and Cam McInnes. Uh, taking it to the to the streets, Flex is 14-3. and three. Cam uh, eleven and six, uh, so it's a 
Uh, matchup between division leaders and in the early going as of Monday night, Flex is currently up 22.1 points to 3.2 for Cam McInnes. So not a great start for him. Uh, Jeremiah, who do you think is going to win in this league manager showdown? Uh, I got to take Flex. I just, I'm not confident in Cam's team with his performances and Flex is peaking at the right time. So I got to go with Flex. And I think if they were to meet in the playoffs, the result would be the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to go for Flex, too, for uh, similar we- reasons. Uh, Cam McInnes just has not been hot lately. He's uh, he's looked very vulnerable in his previous matchups, whereas uh, Flex is coming in on a hot streak. And so I, th- I think Flex will be more than able to ride the hot hand. But, you know, if Cam does manage to pull off an upset, that could uh, be a real reversal of fortune. So I think we'll just have to, to keep an eye on that one. Yeah, it's going to be one to keep an eye on mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so our next matchup up is one where uh, basically the, the loser is going to be in a much tougher position afterwards in terms of qualifying for the playoffs because it's Jamil versus Garth M. Uh, you know, uh, Garth M is, has fallen now to 9-8, and eight, Jamil 10-7, and seven, and it's Garth M who, who currently has the lead with 29 points compared to 14.1 for Jamil. Uh, do you think that trend is going to continue, Jeremiah? Um. I mean, I think just for chaotic sake, um, it would be great for Garth McInnes to win. Um, but uh, I, I just don't know how likely it is to happen. I think Jamil is probably going to pull this one out because how can you go against somebody who makes a playoff so frequently? So I'll, I'll take Jamil, friend of the podcast, not a host of the podcast anymore. Uh, Jamil, don't listen to him. Still a host. Uh, we we always cherish you in our hearts. Uh, and I'm also going to take Jamil. I don't think Garth M has the the legs for this anymore. He's uh, you know, really failed in the past two weeks to to make a dent, and I don't really see that fortune reversing now. Whereas you know, Jamil has always been con- consistent and uh, decent enough, even if not great. So uh, I think that's going to continue in this one. Uh, but uh, another matchup that we can talk about a little bit here uh, is the face-off between Richard Tillo and Chris Kennedy. Uh, Chris Kennedy obviously eliminated from the playoffs now, but I'm sure he would love to take Richard Tillo down a peg. Uh, Tillo, you know, continuing to fight for respect, fighting for uh, for potential, you know, playoff implications. And it's a very tight one right now with Chris Kennedy up 14.7 to 14.5 for Tillo. So it's just a, a two point, point two margin, I should say. Uh, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I just don't see how you can take anybody but uh, but Tillo in this. Like Chris is obviously bad, not a very good team. So uh, confidently, I can take Richard Tillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's fair. Uh, I think there is an argument to be made that Chris Kennedy might have a, a bounce back week. It seems like a, a lot of post elimination teams do, but I, I still think Tillo's got more talent. He's got you know better players better matchup so uh, i think he'll be able to see this one through uh speaking of potential vaz previews uh we've got jeffrey chow and jeffrey lim the jeffrey is uh, squaring off again although this time much closer to the bottom of the table than the top uh jeffrey lim five and twelve uh chow four and thirteen uh and right now with the scores it is lim 13.7 points compared to chow 11.3 points so it's a, a tight one there too uh, what are your your thoughts on this matchup? This vase preview, I will uh, I will take Jeffrey Chow, but not like super confidently. I just think that he's had a better last couple weeks, and uh, I just think he has a better team than Lim based on talent, based on the elite guys he has. So, assuming he's putting in a full effort, I will take Jeffrey Chow. 
I am going to take Chow uh, for chaos reasons, like your Garth McInnes pick. Uh, I think Chow still has the potential of playing his way out of the Vaz competition and into Europa, which is just a result we would all love to see very much. And, uh, you know, Lim is standing in his way. But like you said, uh, Chow has been the better team, uh, especially as of late, and, you know, just has more talent overall. So it's very possible that he gets this done and, and sets up a real interesting final week of the season. Yeah, I mean, chaos is always good for the final week of the season for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and coincidentally, for the, the second street, straight week, we have two Vaz previews because we've got Aiden taking on Akusia. Uh, Aiden 4 and 13, Akusia 2 and 15, who has uh, basically secured the, uh, the, uh, the basement spot in the league table. Uh, but it's Aiden who's ahead now with 37.3 points to 21.7 for Akusia. Uh, Jeremiah, your thoughts on this one? I gotta take Aiden. As much as it pains me to say that, I just think Akusia coming off a week like last week just kind of shows how susceptible she is to just really awful weeks. And uh, I'm not convinced that she's not going to have another really awful week. So mm-hmm. I'll take Aiden. You know, uh, part of me wants to to take Akusia. I always want to to take her in any matchup, but you're right that she's coming off a bad week and just has not looked good as of late. So. Uh, I think it's only fair to take Aiden, and uh, he does seem like the the much more likely victor. I agree with that. Uh, but Jeremiah, now we come to you. Uh, you have a, an interesting matchup of your own because you're looking for uh, a bounce-back performance after having that undefeated season snapped. And right now, Hokey Dina looks like you're uh, out of the gate hot with 64.8 points compared to 1.7 to for Jathish, the team you're up against. Uh, you're, you're confident that you can uh, get back on your winning ways with a, a 17 and one. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm pretty confident that I can slap Jatish around. Um, I just think that like, this is a rock and start. So this is pretty much all I need to, all I need to get going. So it would be extremely pleasurable for me to crush Jatish's playoff dreams. And, uh, I'm well on my way. You're right that this is a, a great start to the week for you. I definitely see it as years to lose. Uh, and you know, obviously I'm motivated by Jathish losing this one here. Uh, that really helps me out. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that you are able in fact to do this and, uh, you put up a, a big point total, which is something we'd all like to see. I think. Yeah. I appreciate the vote of confidence. I, uh, I would love nothing more than to help some playoff teams like Ryan out. Mm. Uh, but we also have to talk, uh, after talking about your matchup, about the team that beat you last week, RKR and his bash brothers, uh, and after uh, one big sort of knockdown performance, he's got a chance to drag another team uh, down towards hell, uh, taking on Garth Newton, uh, who is you know fighting for his playoff life uh, at nine and eight. Uh, and right now, RKR is up nine point seven to two point three for Garth Newton, so uh, that's a, an early lead, albeit a small one for RKR. Uh, Jeremiah, do you think RKR has the potential to do it again? Could history be repeating itself? Sure, why not? I mean, I think that there's a good chance that he could pull this off. I mean, um, you know, he's got a small lead right now, but his team's been performing really well, and Juan Soto is really hot. His pitching's been decent, so, you know, I'll take the upset here. I'll take uh, Richard. Uh, Yeah, uh, again, more duplication here, but uh, I'm going to take RKR again. Uh, He, you know, he's coming off one big upset. Why not go for two? Uh, I'm sure that he has uh, enough talent in his lineup to, to get it done, but more realistically, Garth Newton has just had such a come down as of late. He's consistently failed to put up impressive point totals, and the, the moderate ones he have has put up have been topped. So I think that might be a, a story that continues in this matchup. And so 
Uh, I'm going to take our care to win it. On the same page this week, eh? That's true. Well, hopefully you'll continue to agree with me when I talk about my matchup, uh, taking on respect for the game uh, in what is obviously a a very important matchup for myself if I want to have any chance of extending my season uh, in a playoff-based direction. Uh, And right now I'm slightly behind at 24.4 for uh, respect for the game versus 23.2 for myself. Uh, But, you know, it's early. It's only one day, so... Uh, I I still feel pretty confident about myself. I think that respect for the game has has slowed down a little bit in recent weeks, and I just feel like I'm going to be able to get the start, especially with DeGrom going twice this week. Uh, that's going to be able to get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to agree with you, not just for the sake of uh, uniformity, but I just think chaos-wise it would be very intriguing for you to win. And I also think that with a two-start DeGrom week, if you're going to win any week, it's probably that week. So I will take you in this matchup as well. Uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I do think that a, a two-start DeGrom week is a special thing, so I don't want to waste that. Uh, but we've got, of course, two more matchups that we got to talk about that have a, an extra special meaning for us. Uh, the first is seeing Ian taking on Mike Kaminsky, the Illuminati. Uh, the Illuminati obviously battling back after uh, my win last week, whereas Ian really needs to just keep winning to to keep those playoff chances alive. Uh, and right now it's Mike Kaminsky and the Illuminati, who's up 32.7 points to 25.4 for Ian. Uh, Stads, I guess, Stadelman. So it is close, but, you know, uh, it is Mike on top. Uh, Jeremiah, who do you think is going to win this one? I mean, not just because we have the bet, but I just don't see Ian beating Mike. I know Mike's had some bad weeks lately, but I just think his team is really uh, haggering for a, a bounce-back week of 300. So I think uh, I think Mike's got this. Mm, I mean, I, I, I can, it's hard to separate yourself from the bet at this stage, I would say. But I would point out that, you know, in his last five matchups, Kaminsky is 1-4. He's looked super vulnerable lately. Uh, he's coming off a loss. He hasn't been able to to put up great point totals lately. And, you know, if there ever was a time for Ian to beat him, uh, it would definitely be this week. Uh, and so I think that Ian is going to be able to do that, uh, that he's going to find a way. Uh, it might be close. It might come down to the last game on Sunday again. But I do think that he's going to be able to beat Mike Kaminsky and uh, get a, an extra crucial victory here on his playoff quest. Yeah, I mean, that would be very interesting and bad for me, but uh, we'll have to see. Uh, and so then, uh, as I'm sure you have anticipated, our final matchup this week involves Ryan Neeson, uh, who is taking on Ash Sebastian and the Moneyballers. Uh, and Ryan is up here on Monday night, 28.9 points to 13.2 for Ash. Uh, so it's a, a slight lead uh, on a Monday night for Ryan. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and guess that you are going to take him in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of those things where I don't think you can make a credible argument for Ash, but I mean, I'm sure you're going to try, right? Uh, try, in fact, I will. I feel like Ash has the, the mojo going. You know, he sort of got, got stuffed last week. He almost took down Pillow. He, he maybe should have taken down Pillow, but he hasn't in his last three matchups. He is 2-1. Two, uh, two out of three ain't bad, and it would be great for him to get back on the winning track here. Uh, I would argue that Ash is maybe a little bit better than his record indicates. I don't think he's quite a 5-12 and 12 team. I think he's at least a smidge better than that. So I'm going to really hope that he you know, puts a lot of effort into this matchup, manages to find a, a couple good waiver wire additions that help his team 
and uh, boost him through the the finish line where he will have pulled off a, a great upset against Ryan. Well, let's uh, let's hope that this doesn't happen. I, I don't see it happening, but strange things uh, Agree happen, to disagree so. on that one, I'd say. Uh, but Jeremiah, I mean, obviously, thank you for being part of the, the podcast. It's uh, always fun doing this with you. Do you have any parting thoughts as we conclude this episode? No, no parting shots, nothing like that this week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully no one will have any... Uh, complaints against our takes this week well I'm, I'm sure people will will find something i look forward to arguing with you all in, in league slack in the near future but for now all i've got to say to you is good night good fantasy